0: Hey Spooky Friends, Spooky Patrons. Hey
1: guys. How's it going, Cat? Oh, so excited. Love patron time. This bonus
0: episode is number 27, and we are talking about haunted houses. We're doing this thing where we're talking about one haunted house in every state of the United States in alphabetical order. And today we're doing... Um Number 11 through 15, which is Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. The eyes have it. The eyes have it. Yeah, except so for Hawaii. Yeah,
1: well, you know
0: it's got two eyes in it, so we'll let that count.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> have. That e. Our first one is Hawaii. So Hawaii's is called the Volcano House Hotel. Ooh, I'm down. Right? So it says, Hawaii is easily one of the crown jewels of the United States. This beautiful network of islands has more than its fair share of history and natural wonders. However, one destination in particular rises above the rest in the spooky factor. Do you dare stay at this haunted hotel in Hawaii? I dare. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. Built at the summit of active Volcano Kilauea over Halimauma Crater, I am sure I said that wrong, but you guys will have to forgive me. The Volcano House Hotel is said to be haunted by Madame Peel herself. Mm -hmm. Madame Peel is revered and respected among Hawaiian natives as the fire goddess of volcanoes and lightning. It is whispered that she has been seen walking the hotel grounds and greeting guests only for them to later realize with whom they were speaking.
1: Wait, so she's a god?
0: It says she's a goddess and that she haunts that hotel in particular because it's built at the base of a of an active volcano. Can a goddess haunt? I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe they say haunt because that's our word for a supernatural being like hanging around (laughs) but maybe she's not really haunting so much as she is inhabiting yeah stalking inhabiting (laughs) you know hanging around gracing with her
1: presence
0: yeah exactly the staff working here have noted that the hotel is full of ghosts many having witnessed unexplained occurrences over the years the hotel was built on Kilauea in 1846 and expanded upon in 1866. It is now nearly two centuries old and filled with stories. Of the hotel, famed author Mark Twain once said it was neat, roomy, well-furnished, and well-kept.
1: Oh, well, that, that's, it's got that going it's for It's like it. a
0: really good Yelp review <laughs> from Mark Twain. <laughs> Mark Twain approves. Yep. 10 out of 10 stars would highly recommend. (laughs) During the lifetime of the Volcano House Hotel, the staff has lovingly worked to keep the hotel in the same excellent condition as it was during Twain's visits. So he went there more than once. Yeah, gotta keep those standards up. Yeah. Guests are often greeted by a ghostly white dog on the road leading to the hotel. It has been rumored that the dog may be an incarnation of Madame Peel when she's not spooking guests in her spirit form. However, it is unknown where the ghostly canine apparition truly originated.
1: Whoa. Okay, that's cool.
0: Yeah. A spooky ghost dog on the way to the hotel. I dig it. A white one, too. Yeah. It's always white. Why is it always white? You know woman in a white dress, little girl in a white dress, like... Yeah, but a
1: white dog? Like, we haven't heard of white dogs before. I feel like there's a significance there.
0: Rebuilt entirely in 1941 after a devastating fire in 1940, with plenty of construction ever since, it is thought that the renovations may agitate the spirits of the grounds, encouraging them to interact with the living.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. Whatever their motivation for walking among the guests and the employees of Volcano House Hotel, the spirits are a much-loved and welcomed facet of the property.
1: Well, that's so cool. You can stay At least there. it's not like Disney and you can't talk about it.
0: Yeah, right? I hate it when a place is haunted, a business, and they don't want you to tell about it and like it's hush-hush and you're not, you know, I'm like, come on, man. That makes it more interesting to me, personally they've got um, cabins that you can stay in and there's pictures of these cute little like one bedroom little cabin house thingies they're like one like a hut yeah it's almost like a hut but it's like a a built you know it's wood with a roof and everything but it's just really small little little rooms that's cool you can stay in yeah pretty neat So I'll put the link in, of course. I always put all the links in. So you guys go check it out. Maybe you'll see a goddess while you're there. I want to go to
1: Hawaii someday.
0: (laughs) All right. Our next one is Idaho. Idaho's is the murder house in Boise.
1: Like American Horror Story murder house? No.
0: No. And in fact, when I went to research it, that kept coming up. (laughs) I was like, no, I had to put in Boise different murder house it says warning the following story is not for the faint of heart my heart
1: is not faint mm. go
0: if you currently or have ever lived in boise chances are that you've heard about the disturbing disturbing events that occurred at what is commonly referred to as the murder house some even refer to this place as the chop chop house nice (laughs) that's terrible that's like really dark and twisted (laughs) I like it Um, it's called the chop chop house in reference to the terrible things that went down here so many years ago the house is still standing today and walking by it you might not realize anything out of the ordinary about it except that it is old and hasn't aged well However, once you hear about the crime that took place here, you'll never look at this house the same way again. On June thirtieth, 1987, this house was the scene of a terrible crime, a terrible murder. The crime may be over 30 years old, but that doesn't make it any less harrowing. The story goes that three men got into a fight on that summer night. One of the men, Preston Murr, was shot in the shoulder as a result, He attempted to run away from the other two men. Murr ran up to a neighbor's house and banged on the door. The neighbor did not come out, but he did call the police. Unfortunately, the police didn't show up until way later, after it was too late. The next morning, the neighbor had to call the police for a second time. When the police showed up, they discovered trails of blood on the street and blood smeared across the neighbor's door. Ew. The blood gave police reason to obtain a search warrant and enter the house where the neighbor heard an altercation coming from. Once inside, the police discovered the horrid crime scene of Murr's murder. Murr's murder. That is hard to say.
1: Murr's murder. Murr's murder. Murr's murder. (laughs) Murr.
0: The two men had dragged Murr back after he escaped and fatally shot him to death then, in an act of excessive brutality, they dismembered the body in order to dispose of it. The men drove out to Brownlee Reservoir near the Oregon and Idaho border to dispose of the body. The body wasn't recovered in the reservoir until a week later. However, the two men, Darren Cox and Daniel Rogers, were immediately apprehended and charged with murder. To this day, it is unclear why the confrontation between the three men even broke out. The details are murky about why Murr was gruesomely murdered. Why are they putting so many Murrs in this? (laughs) (laughs) According to court documents, the three men had been hanging out earlier that evening trying to locate Rogers' recently stolen guns. They drove around Boise, trying to find the apartment of the person they believed stole the guns. The trio returned to the house on Linden Street around midnight, and that is when the deadly altercation broke out. Maybe Mer stole the guns.
1: Maybe. Also, I feel like chopping up his body is not an excessive form of brutality. It just makes for easier transportation. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's efficient. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do you know how heavy a lifeless human corpse is? I don't, Kat. Do you?
0: (laughs) No. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Should we be concerned? (laughs) Steve is still alive. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. The guys were um, tried for murder... And it says Cox was given a lesser sentence because he complied with police and gave details about the murder. Overall, he spent just six years in prison before being released. The jury deemed Rogers guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life behind bars. He is currently serving his life term in Idaho Correctional Center and was last denied parole back in 2005. Over the years, numerous people have lived in the murder house, several people rented it out during the 90s, and the house even spent time as a Boise State University frat house in the 2000s. Although there haven't been any official paranormal instances that have occurred in the house, most people do agree that there is something extremely unsettling about the house, specifically the basement. So the basement is where they dismembered him. I watched a video about the house, and it's on this link if you guys want to watch it. And they talked about how when the police went into the house, the basement was a mess. A mess. These guys were not good murderers.
1: (laughs) Clearly, they did not lay down plastic sheeting ahead of time to catch the mess. No,
0: or make any real attempt to clean it up afterward. Like, they just chopped his butt up, and and they told Mm -hmm. specifically that they cut him into 13 pieces. I don't know why they specifically said that, but they said that. (laughs) Ooh, that's double bad luck. Our next state is Illinois, and Illinois' house is called McPike Mansion, and it's in Alton. Alton, Illinois. It says the McPike Mansion has been called one of the scariest structures in the United States, and it definitely ranks as the most haunted house in Illinois. Originally built in 1869 by Henry Guest McPike, it is located in Alton, Illinois, a town with a haunted history in itself. When you look over the McPike mansion's history, you'll quickly learn it has repeatedly been the center of paranormal investigations. According to the owner, two ghosts haunt this property: former owner Paul Leichinger and a former domestic servant named Sarah Wells. Thank you, Sarah Wells, for having a normal name. <laughs> Flashlights will die out unexpectedly and lights will flicker. There is a strong smell of lilac in the attic, which is the kind of perfume that Wells used to wear. What is really creepy is how things look in photos. You might see figures or orbs of light in photos that were definitely not in the shot. The structure is on the National Register of Historic Places. It stayed abandoned for quite a while before being purchased. It would have been restored and converted into a hotel, but it was not eligible for grant money despite prior assurances. Nevertheless, you can visit the McPike Mansion and go on a tour of the most haunted house in Illinois. There are also annual campouts held in the McPike Mansion. And the pictures that they have of this place... This looks like the quintessential haunted house. Nice. I mean, and it's still abandoned. Like they it's owned, but they never fixed it because they never got the loans, so it is in major disrepair. It it you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the house from the Freddy Krueger movies okay you know like freddy krueger's house or whatever it reminds Mm -hmm. me of that it looks like a really decrepit dollhouse you guys have just got to go to the link and look at it it's pretty cool and it looks stately like if somebody fixed it up man that would be one heck of a house but right now like the windows are all knocked out and they're all boarded up and yeah it looks creepy as crap nice Go to the link and check it out. They've got a video of evidence that somebody caught, footage, you know. So go check a look, as my son would say (laughs) (laughs) when he was little. He was all like, Mommy, check a look. (laughs) That's cute. Our fourth house on today's list is in Indiana, and it is the Nicholson Rand House in Indianapolis. It says situated in the suburbs of Indianapolis, the Nicholson Rand house is most certainly a mystery as no one knew it was haunted until more than a hundred years after it was built. It was saved from demolition in 1997, the year I graduated high school and added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2003. But the mystery and paranormal circumstances began long before. Construction on the house began in 1870 and took six years to complete. It is a Gothic Revival-style home that served as a private residence for Dupaul University. It was okay. later owned by the Rand family, which was a prominent family in Indiana. The same person who built the Nicholson House was hired to do construction on the Marion County Courthouse. At the same time that he was building the Nicholson House, he worked on his own residence, too. It wasn't until 1997 that rumors of hauntings in and around this historic home began to surface. It was in this year that the home was moved to a new location just a short distance from its original spot. There you go. Interesting. Don't be I messing with stuff. While the house was being moved, the photographer took a photo of the house, which many believed captured the image of a ghost looking out one of the upstairs windows. All sorts of stories started to circulate around town. Some believed it was the spirit of a young girl who had died in a tragic accident near the house, while others thought it was the spirit of a woman. One former resident of the home revealed that it has been used as a boarding house and that a resident had hung themselves in an upstairs room. Though there is no proof of this happening, this might be the closest explanation for the ghost in the window. So they don't have any records of somebody hanging themselves in the house? <laughs> I mean, eh. Other terrible symptoms are reported to plague this ghost house as well. It is said that the walls bleed, the scent of decaying flesh can be detected, and the sounds of screams can be heard. Alrighty. That is really active for a house that's had no death. No, like, proven death. Oh, okay. There are stories that reveal the Nicholson house to have been a stop on the Underground Railroad and possibly an unlucky one. It has been told that a group of fugitives were being kept in the basement when it caught fire and all the people below burned to death. The family sealed off the basement in order to prevent being discovered and facing prosecution so they didn't call for help when the basement caught fire and they didn't like deal with the bodies or anything they just sealed the basement up so they wouldn't be discovered as being part of the underground railroad that'll do it there you go that'll do it so the house has seen death and really traumatic dr- death at that mm-hmm. so yeah the house is um, in Indianapolis and let me see if you can actually go there I don't think so. It doesn't say anything about being allowed to go there. Might be a pri-
1: still a private residence. Yeah.
0: I'll put the link. You guys click it and figure it out if you want to. Okay, so the last one, I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed in. Aww. Not because it's not a, a genuinely crazy haunted house, but because it's an uber famous one. And I'm like 95% sure that you guys have heard of it. I think I might have even talked about it on the show previously, like way back when, too, because I feel like I have. But it's Iowa, and it's the Veliska Axe Murder House.
1: Hmm. I don't think I've heard of that one. Really? Okay, well, maybe you guys haven't.
0: The Veliska Axe Murder House in Iowa, the name of the place says it all. And the gruesome legends surrounding the house are the only advertisements needed. The publicity comes naturally, mostly from true crime and ghost enthusiasts. Eight people were murdered in their beds in this house. Two adults, which were the parents, the mom and dad, and then their four children. And then two other children that were spending the night with their children. So they had guests over. On the night that this happened.
1: So six kids and two adults?
0: Yes. Six Ugh. kids and two adults. In the very early morning hours of june eleventh, nineteen twelve, sometime between midnight and five AM, eight people were bludgeoned to death with an axe inside the home of the Moore family. The night of june tenth, mere hours before the killings, the family had gone to church, with which ended at nine thirty PM and arrived back at the house around 9.45 or 10. Cigarette butts in the attic led investigators to believe that the killer snuck into the attic while the family was out and hid there until they fell asleep. Like most people in Villisca at the time, the Moore family didn't lock the doors to their house when they went to church. The parents, Josiah and Sarah Moore, were the first victims. The killer only used the blade of the weapon on Josiah, who received the most brutal beating. The rest of the victims were murdered with the blunt side of the axe, which had belonged to Josiah. The family friends who were staying in the guest room were aged 8 and 12, and they were the last to be killed. All of the victims except Lena appeared to have been asleep when they died. Lena, who is one of the daughters, I think. Yeah. Lena was the only one who appeared to have defensive wounds and was lying across her bed instead of lying in a sleeping position. What year was this? 1912. Wow. The axe was left in the guest room next to a four-pound piece of slab bacon. (laughs) Okay. At, At some point, the killer had covered all of the mirrors in the home with blankets and cloths and cooked himself a plate of food which was left untouched in the kitchen. He also left behind a bowl of bloody water. I guess he cleaned himself up. So yeah, he was like goofing around the house for a while, cooked himself food, but never ate it, covered all the windows and, I'm sorry, covered all the mirrors in the house with blankets and cloths.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a a death ritual. I've Um, heard of that. Yeah, so that the spirits of the dead uh, don't get trapped in the mirrors and can find their way to the light and cross over.
0: But if he just murdered them brutally, why would he
1: care if they cross over or not? So they didn't come back to haunt his ass for brutally murdering them? Okay, well, that's fair.
0: (laughs) He was thinking ahead. Yeah. (laughs) The gruesome killings were discovered the next morning when Mary Peckham... The Moore's neighbor noticed that the family hadn't started their morning chores around 7 a.m. She called Russ Moore, Josiah's brother, who let himself in with his copy of the house key. That means the door was locked at that point. Sounds like when the killer left, he locked some of the doors. Mm -hmm. After discovering the bodies of the Stillingers, he called the local peace officer who called investigators. There were plenty of suspects, but the murder was never solved. One suspect, Reverend George Kelly, who actually was actually tried for the murders. Kelly was a traveling minister who was in town the night of the crime. He was at the service the Moore family attended before their deaths, but inexplicably left town between 5 and 5.30 a.m. the next morning. He showed a suspicious interest in the murders, though, and after being in and out of trouble with the law for sending obscene material through the mail and a stint in a mental hospital, he was arrested for the murders in 1917. He confessed, then recanted, and was eventually tried and acquitted. It seems that most people didn't believe that he was mentally or physically capable of the murders." Okay. Here's the ghostly encounters.
1: One hell of a traveling priest. Right? He was traveling around,
0: like, literally guiding people to the Lord. (laughs) So it says, Naturally, a house with such a dark and mysterious past quickly attracts rumors of a haunting. The house was lived in for years after the murder, although families never stayed for very long. From what I can tell, there's not a ghostly phenomena that hasn't been reported at the house. Disembodied footsteps, things moving, voices, apparitions, shadows, bad vibes, you name it, the Velisca Axe murder house has had it. It's been on basically every ghost hunting show from ghost adventures to scariest places on earth and all of the essential spooky podcasts, including lore and my favorite murder and true hauntings and scary stories. (laughs) Hey, Uh, I became aware of the home in 2014 after a man staying there on an overnight ghost hunt inexplicably stabbed himself. An event that made national news. Yeah, this person writing the article, they, they've they researched it too. So yeah, the, the Velisca Axe Murder House. We got mentioned in an article. No, we didn't. I added that part in. Oh.
1: <laughs> Never
0: mind. I didn't want to be left out. <laughs> in fairness, the article was probably read before the show was a thing, you know, so... I don't know, but there's a lot of theories about who actually killed them. Okay. There's even some theories, I don't want to, like, get into it too much, but there's even some theories that it was some crazy person that had snuck into their house, like, a week before and was, like, living among them without them realizing it, like, hiding out in the attic.
1: They call that frogging.
0: Oh, really? With a PH. Nice. That's weird, and I like it. (laughs) Um, because I guess there were, there were footprints in the snow that led to the back door of the house at one point, like a week before the murders happened. And so they never figured out whose footprints those were, and they never found anybody. So there, there's that theory that whoever it was had been kind of poking around there for a week before they finally decided to kill the family.
1: Jeez. But yeah, of course it's haunted. That's a whole lot of trauma and unfinished business. Oh Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: It's a it's a um, museum now, so you can like go there and ghost hunt. You can go have tours through the house and all that stuff. So check it out if you're into that, which I'm sure you all are. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? So those are our five houses for this episode. We had Hawaii, the Volcano House Hotel. Idaho was the Murder House in Boise. And Illinois was the McPike Mansion. Indiana was the Nicholson Rand House, and then Iowa, of course, was the Veliska Axe Murder House.
1: So I think I'll do Iowa and then Hawaii.
0: Those were your two favorites. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like the idea of a goddess like just walking around. Hey, welcome to the hotel. <laughs> All right, you guys. We had a. Ple- it was our pleasure, telling you. All the spooky things, and until next time, we'll spook you later.